Hey everybody, welcome to episode 11 of the New Standard Podcast. My guest this week is Tara Yanis. If you haven't heard of Tara before, she was a professional BMX and mountain bike rider who started racing in the 1990s. She was the U.S. National Champion in Fourcross in 2004 and the U.S. National Champion in Downhill in 2006. On September 1st, 2007, she crashed in the finals of the Fourcross at the Jeep KOM race in Vail, Colorado. She broke her C6 and T12 vertebrae, which left her paraplegic and in a wheelchair. She's talked about having some dark periods after this injury, but she's really pushed through and she's now become an advocate for the differently abled and has recently started a business, Terrianis Industries, importing the sport on adaptive cycles that allow her to continue mountain biking. Tara very graciously welcomed me to her house in North Vancouver to record this interview. We talked about what she's doing to launch her business, what has changed about mountain biking since she was racing, adaptive mountain bikes, uh, which are the bikes that are made for uh, people with limited mobility, and why she plays her best tennis when she's not thinking about the game. This was a really fascinating conversation for me, and I hope you guys enjoy listening. Just before I get to the interview, I ask you all for three things, the the same things uh, I ask every week, which are uh, to follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, You can find it on Facebook at facebook.com slash the new standard podcast and Instagram at the new standard podcast. Uh, Please, if you enjoy this show, leave a a review and a comment in iTunes. It really helps the show rise up and uh, spreads the word. And finally, talking about spreading the word, if you think you know somebody who will enjoy this show, and if you enjoy it as well, please share it with them. Uh, That's how, that's the the biggest way that the word gets spread about this. And uh, I would love to have more people listening in and learning about the, the really interesting people in the mountain bike industry. So with that, here's the interview with Tara. How's it going? What's up? Uh, it's going good. Yeah, it's been really busy lately. Um, you know, summer is kind of here and I've just been working a lot and trying to build my business and just try to learn more about it. And um, yeah, so my business is selling adaptive mountain bike equipment. Mm hmm. Um, and, and mountain bikes. And so it's that, you know, they've not been around for that long, but in that time they've, I feel like they've really, um, made a big jump in technology. So it's been a really fun thing to do and really hard at times, you know? Um, but I'm learning a lot and I'm, I'm happy with what I'm doing and the advocacy role around it. So what, what goes into, into building the business? Like what, what's kind of your day in and day out? Uh, answering a lot of emails, you know, just trying to just try to answer questions and, um, you know, be there for, for customers, um, you know, that have purchased our bikes or, you know, answering questions, uh, with people that are really interested in buying the bike. And, um, I mean, anything from having, you know, pop-up banners done or t-shirts to, you know, just kind of, I don't know, everything with running a business, having your licenses and I don't know. Um, yeah, it's been a lot more 
than uh, I had anticipated. Um, but I really love learning all of the aspects about the business and, um, you know, Elodie's been a really great sounding board for that. Um, Elodie being my partner and she's been in sales for a year, like 15 years. So, you know, she kind of sees where I'm at now and she's like, oh, I've been there. God, that was a hard time. And so, um, but yeah, it's pretty cool, you know, making, when you make the sale and, um, um, you know, and just continuing in your, in the customer's, uh, I don't want to say in their life, but, you know, checking in and making sure everything's good. And, um, you know, like I said earlier, the advocacy role of it. You know, that's super important to me. So what what are you doing in terms of uh, advocacy? Um, you know, I talk to a lot of cycling organizations, uh, go to some races, you know, sort of just introduce the bike. So, you know, when other cyclists, able-bodied cyclists see the bike, they kind of have an idea of what it is and, um, you know, just sort of create an awareness around it. You know, there's a lot of people that I know just from the end of last year to the beginning of this year that would love to have done something like this, but didn't even know really the bikes existed. Um, so that's been really fun to do. Uh, you know, I've, I've talked to Imba Canada. We've been in conversations and going to conferences of theirs and um, working with Whistler Adaptive Sports uh, and, and building uh, programs so that we've got demos and, you know, people aren't having to, um, you know, buy a $10,000 bike uh, you know, without having, having ridden it, you know, I mean, I totally get it. So, you know, we're really working on create, you know, creating demo programs and rentals and working with, uh, resorts, you know, um, we've talked to Whistler and, um, they're always super keen. You know, I think Whistler is sort of a mountain of firsts and, you know, with, you know, you look at Crankworks and what they were able to do and, you know, how many other resorts then came here to kind of see how it was done and, you know, it's pretty cool. So I think Whistler's, they've got their minds open and they've, they've, uh, yeah, been really positive. So yeah, there's a, so there's a lot of different, there's like so many tentacles that come out from, you know, at first, like when I started selling the bikes, I was just sort of selling the bike and I wasn't really grasping everything else about it. And, you know, I want to help, help, you know, with the help of everybody create our community. Um, and, uh, yeah, so far it's, it's really, it's been great getting to know everyone. That's awesome. Uh, one thing you've talked about in the past, uh, I think I've seen in a couple of interviews is t- talking with kind of local trail builders. Uh, I think you mentioned that you'd spoken specifically with Digger, who's, uh, yeah. one of the like old school guys on the, on the North shore here in Vancouver, um, to, to work on kind of opening up some of the trails so that people on adaptive uh, cycles can get into them. So how does that work? How do you, how, like, how do you reach out? How does... uh, you know, it was funny. We actually had bumped into, um, uh, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm just totally drawing a blank <laughs> right now. This is horrible. Um, NSMBA, oh, he's going to kill me. I feel like such a jerk. Uh, well, we did talk to Digger, um, mm-hmm. and Digger's been incredible. Um, he's just kind of like, whatever you need, let me know. And, you know, and that's exactly what's happened. Um, you know, if he, if we need, um, you know, like a bridge a little wider, you know, he'll go down and sort it out, 
um, it was Mark. God, I'm so sorry. It's Mark at North Shore Mountain Bike Association. It's horrible. Um, he's just been really, like from the get-go when we saw him, uh, you know, we kind of talked about bobsled. And, you know, he said, oh, this would be a great trail, you know, for you guys to come down. I think we can, it's almost wide enough. So they went down and, you know, I think Lululemon kicked in some, you know, money and like, I don't know how much, but they, you know, paid for it. And they, mm. and it was just, yeah, it was great. And everyone's just been so like, yeah, what can we do to help? You know? Um, and so I think we, I think there's a lot of doors that, that are hopefully going to continue to open. And I think, I mean, there's a lot of trails right now we can ride, you know, it's not like we need to go redo a bunch of stuff. There's mm. a lot of trails that we can ride, um, or maybe just need to, you know, be widened a little bit in certain spots. And, um, and then, yeah. So are you finding that you can ride? Like, is there, is there a limit in terms of, um, how technical the trail is on, on these bikes that, that you can ride? Or are you pretty much open to, to anything uh you know i i don't know that i've actually bottomed out the bike yet like like you know where i'm going down something so rocky um maybe i need to get on harder trails i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i mean i've i've ridden bobsled loads it's mm-hmm. great um because you can do just these hot laps right um ridden seymour um ridden over at cyprus um but No, like I haven't been on anything yet that's been so gnarly that I didn't go down it. Right. Um, I think, I mean, the only reason I wouldn't go down is if the trail wasn't wide enough. Cool. That's, uh, it's really cool that that, that exists, like that the, the possibility still exists to go mountain biking in the, on the same trails that that everyone, I mean, everyone comes to the North shore to, to ride this awesome mountain biking. So it's, uh. That's awesome. Um, I'm curious. I, I don't know if you uh, follow at all the the World Cup, uh, like downhill World Cup. Yeah. But this this year, this season is, and last season, uh, seeing um, Rachel Atherton kind of dominating the the women's field, and considering that you were racing at the same time as uh, ACC or and Caroline Chosson, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you see any any parallels between that or I'm wondering from your perspective what it was like at that time uh, racing uh, against somebody who was kind of dominating the field yeah god um, she's just such a phenomenal rider um, I think there I mean there were a lot of things that were different about you know sort of my era and this era and you know I think um, one of them is that the average age was you know a lot older Um, you know, a lot of the mountain bikers were, you know, late twenties, early thirties. Um, you know, whereas now most of the top riders are like 16, like 17, (laughs) 18, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it was, it was an older sport and it was, um, it was just, yeah, it was so different than, and the, the depth of the women's field was crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, it could have been a different top 10 almost at every world cup. I mean, it was, there were so many riders from so many countries. Um, yeah, it was just, I feel like it was kind of such a different sport then, you know, you'd flip through a magazine and you'd see just as many ads with women as you would with men. Hmm. Uh, 
you know, uh, and the women wouldn't, you know, necessarily be in bikinis. And, you know, there's so many things that have changed. And, um, but I think I'm, I may be getting off course there, uh, with that, but, um, but yeah, no, I mean, Anne Caroline was just, she was so dominant. Um, and yeah, she rode with the guys and she really pushed it and, you know, um, I think, you know, I think a lot of the top girls these days or women are riding with, you know, the men and, uh, you know, it's, it, all it does is push you really, mm-hmm. you know, cause you just want to keep up. You just want to keep up and then everything else just kind of falls away and, you know, you just, that's your only focus and that that's what's helping to push you. And I think a lot of these women these days are, are doing that and, um, but yeah, I mean, Rachel, she's just, it's nuts. Mm. It's nuts. And she's really, I think she's just really focused. And I think it's been helpful probably for her to have two older brothers. Right. So from a young age, you know, she was being pushed and, um, you know, and she, and she wanted to, right. She wanted to keep up. Like she's got, you know, some fight in her. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I, I do wish that there were, you know, more women in the sport. Um, really do and i'm i i guess i'm curious because to uh to be honest i mean i uh, while doing research for for this interview i uh started realizing more and more what, what you're saying that, that in the 90s the the sport was pretty much equal between or, or much more so than it is now equal between men and women um at the at the top level in racing and then it seemed like there was this doldrums in the in the aughts and maybe 10 years ago, uh, the women's side of downhill racing started to pick up again. And maybe in the last five years, I would say, like the times have been dropping down. And every year you see mm-hmm. uh, the top women coming in faster and faster and faster and doing exactly what you're saying, kind of like keeping up with the men. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, like, what what changed? Like, what did you, you see? Because you were right there at this period where something switched, as you're saying... And it just seems to be now starting to recover. Yeah, you know, I'll be totally honest with you. I don't know, like, if I went back and I looked at a World Cup, you know, five years ago, um, I would be, I don't know. I mean, I'd be curious how many women were racing at that, you know, like a start of a World Cup compared to now. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's gotten more, you know, I don't, right. or, or if there, if there are more women and I don't, I feel like, and, and, you know, I mean, it'd be interesting to look at the times too, but I mean, everything's different. You can't really, it's hard to compare times from last year to this year, you know, and stuff like that. But, um, I, it'd be really interesting actually to look at that. So, uh, switching gears just a little bit, it seems like you're, you know, every time an interview with you comes out or you hear anything about, about what you're doing or even just talking to you now, you know, listening to you talk about uh, growing your business. Like, it seems like you're just a super driven person kind of always pushing, making sure that, that things get, get done. And I'm wondering if that's, that's always been true. Like if, if this is uh, kind of um, always been a factor in your life, or I'm wondering if, if your accident being in a chair now has, kind of switched a gear in you at some point where you're like, you know, it, yeah, switched a gear. Right. Uh, um, 
I, I think I've been like, I can definitely have like a tunnel vision sort of thing where, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's sports or whatever, you know, like as soon as I'm focused on something and I really want to do it, then I'm going to work really hard to do it, you know, however, whatever that is. Um, and, uh, well, you know, I think after I, after, um, my injury in 2007, I, I just had a, I had a tough go for a little while, um, you know, and just kind of had to refocus and really figure out, okay, you know, what, what do, what do I want to do and what do I feel? You know, I didn't want to just kind of go get a job for me. I, I really wanted to do something where I was just really passionate about it because that's when I think I do best. And, um, so yeah, I mean, all this, all this stuff with adaptive mountain bikes is just really weird how it all happened. It wasn't like I just set out to, to do that. It was, you know, through different people, different, it was just crazy when it kind of circled back around and that's what I was starting to do. Um, cause I kind of, was just out of mountain biking. I kind of, I think purposefully just pushed, I don't know. I don't know. I just didn't get involved. Like I didn't, I wasn't watching races and I wasn't, um, but I do now, like I can't wait for the world cups. So I'm all <laughs> antsy to watch them. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, that was a really long way to say, yeah, I feel like I get focused and, hmm. you know, I want to see things through and I want to do a good job and I, you know, I want to make, you know, people happy that I either work with or for or whatever and, hmm. and do a good job. And yeah. Uh, how did that, uh, that journey kind of happen? Like with adaptive, uh, mountain bikes, uh, actually it was my friends, Nat and Chantel. Um, so when I, so in 2007, they really didn't have much in the way of adaptive mountain bikes and it was just not quite as easy to get. And it was even more expensive. Um, you know, so, but years later, once I moved to BC, um, Nat and Chantel found this bike in Poland, mm-hmm. you know, the sport on bike and. They were like, hey, you know, this looks pretty rad. You might want to give this a go. So so I checked it out and I was like, that thing looks crazy. It looks like a transformer, you know? And it just, I mean, like I hadn't seen anything else like it. So they did a fundraiser and like had the money, you know, pretty quick, which was just amazing. And then uh, I had the bike like, you know, eight weeks later. And so it was just being able to, to get back in you know, back in the trees, back on the mountain, you know, and just away from stuff and, um, and riding was just, it was just great. You know, it was, it's a part, it's always going to be, you know, a part of me and it's what I love to do and, um, ride with friends. And, um, you know, I think it also took time for me to feel like, okay, I don't have to, so I, I'd be, I was really bummed about it at first. Not, you know, now I'm, you know, I'm in BC and there's some sick riding and, mm-hmm. you know, you want to, I'm like, oh, I want to ride this and that. And, you know, you kind of have to just switch your focus and be like, now it's not so much about, you know, getting from point A to point B, maybe the fastest. Um, it's more enjoying who you're with mm-hmm. and that whole, you know, journey, I guess, if you want to call it that. And, 
um, you know, um, just the people in your life that really mean a lot. And, and that's the most important thing. And it's not, oh, I won this race or I won this competition, you know. So, um, I mean, I'm still competitive, though, you know. <laughs> I don't well, want to go too far to. <laughs> to I'm curious. That. that said, would you ever think about having a, a competition for for riders on adaptive uh, cycles? Like, is that something that that you'd think about? Totally. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And there've been more and more of them popping up all over. Um, like they have the off road world championships in Crested Butte. Um, there was a race uh, at uh, Boulder City this year. Um, so, yeah, I think that there are a lot more um, organizations that are, um, you know, giving adaptive racers a spot in their races. And I just, it's awesome. It's just really cool to see the, the, uh, the openness of, every, of everyone. And yeah, so I absolutely, I do. And, um, you know, it's something that's on my list of things that I want to try <laughs> to, you know, accomplish and have a race series and, mm-hmm you know, work with, uh, you know, cycling BC possibly. Um, there's so many different, yeah. Like I said before, sort of tentacles that sometimes I feel like, Oh my God, I, you know, I want someone to come in and help. And, <laughs> um, so you never know, but, um, I also have to realize that, you know, I've only had my business for like a year and a half and, you know, it does take time to build. So, um, you just gotta be calm and you have to kind of let things come to you and yeah. And be okay with that. Right. Um, that's cool, though. I didn't realize that there were already competitions that mm-hmm. are out there uh, that exist for, for adaptive uh, cycles. I'm wondering, as well, um, what what are some of the, the, the changes you've seen in the equipment on that side, but just in general, in terms of like what's, what's available for... Um, for, for people with spinal cord injuries since, uh, since 2007. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> you know, the one that I had mainly seen back then was, uh, it's a, it was a four wheeler. Hmm. Um, and I don't think it was even 2007. It might've even been 2009, but, uh, yeah. So it's the one that Stacy Kohut rides up at Whistler and it, hmm. I mean, it looks pretty rad, I have to say. Uh, but it had, um, I mean, it was full suspension, um, but it didn't have uh, cranks. So that was one of the things about uh, this bike. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there are, and there are other makers. Sporton isn't, you know, the only maker of bikes that are that are like this. There are um, others uh, that are similar, um, not quite the same, but similar. So, um, you know, there are more and more companies that are making them. Mm. Uh, and I think it's mainly people that are in chairs that realize that there is a need for these. Um, but yeah, I mean, now we offer, you know, it's not like we have a, you know, 20, <laughs> 20 bike lineup, but right. you know, at least, you know, we've got a downhill bike, full suspension, disc brake, you know, like full Shimano Alfine internal hub. Um, we offer uh, a schlump drive on it, which is, basically a planetary gear system and it more than doubles your uh amount of gearing on oh, the that's bike. really cool so you know like for us we're using our arms and our upper body so you know imagine going up a steep climb you're going to need a really really low gear to be able to do that so we offer that um and we also offer electric assist 
mm-hmm. which, um, you know, I, I know that in the mountain bike world, that can be a hotly debated thing. <laughs> uh, for me, it allows me to go on rides. I mean, essentially, um, you know, so it's, it's really opened up a lot of things for me and anyone that, you know, does get it on the bike. Um, and, but then we also have a cross country bike. It's a hard tail, um, you know, again, disc brakes. I mean, it's high end, you know, equipment, Shimano equipment, um, you know, uh, so yeah, we offer that bike, that bike also you can get with electric assist. Uh, and then we have a road bike, uh, the Scorpion. Um, and we also just added a fat bike to our lineup. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's called the fat Explorer. Um, so, which is, it's basically our downhill bike with fat tires. So, okay. um, so yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we offer a bit of a range and, uh, Jarek, who is, uh, I know I, I always butcher his name cause it's Polish. It's like, <laughs> it's more like Yaroslav, but I say Jarek, right? So, um, <laughs> But he designs all the stuff and, and all the product and, you know, he'll, um, you know, he's open-minded to any ideas that I have or, you know, we've got a, a rider up in the Yukon, Daryl, and he gives good feedback and, um, you know, he can run into some things and do some things. So <laughs> it's good testing for us. Uh, so, yeah, we just want to kind of continue on improving our product all the time and uh, making, you know, helping our customers be happy. Cool. I saw, uh, I think it was on the, the uh, Terry Yannis Industries website that you were, you're talking about um, playing tennis. Are you still doing that? Yeah. Like I, I kind of am so bummed that I didn't find tennis before because I love it. Like, I used to watch tennis on TV just randomly, but I didn't even know how to, with how the points went. <laughs> like I had no idea. Um, but I never played. And then, um, Elodie, um, got me a lesson for my birthday. It must've been two years, two and a half years ago. And I was like, this is so rad. <laughs> I, it was so hard. It was way harder than I thought it was going to be. Like, I just was like, ah, oh, well, I'm pretty athletic. I think I can do it. <laughs> and then I went out there and I was like, oh my God, there's like topspin and slice. And there's all these things you have to do with the ball. And and that was when I was just using a little foamy one for the kids, you know, <laughs> like I was scared to use the real one. But I just, yeah, it was, a, it was, it's been a hard sport to learn, but I've loved having this other sport besides mm-hmm. mountain biking that it maybe maybe it's good that I didn't do it before because I'm not comparing it right mm-hmm. like even when you know I mean I if I'm being honest I mean when I go out you know like not that I don't enjoy being out there but you know like I'll see a lip for a jump and I'm like oh I want to hit that <laughs> you know and you know I've just it's just different mm-hmm. it's still it's still great but it's different but with tennis, yeah, like I don't have anything to compare it to. So it's like this whole new sport. And I feel like, like I love it all, like pretty much as much as mountain biking. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So it's, I'll stick with it. Yeah. Are you still like pushing, trying to, to maybe qualify for the Paralympics in 2020? Is that still like a kind of goal in mind or is it just a, another, like an, another sport to, to play right now? <laughs> it's like I'm thinking of like an answer that like I don't remember what the question was you asked me and I was like you know 
you don't always have to be first and you don't always have to be first, but <laughs> I am competitive and mm-hmm. um, I always want to, like if I'm doing something, I always want to do it like at a thousand percent. It's really hard for me to not. So if I'm going to play, I want to play to get as good as, as, as good as I can. I mean, if that meant Paralympics, great. If it doesn't, and if I'm not even close, okay. Mm-hmm. But I still want to go out there and like always compete. And, you know, I think too that when, and, and if you, if you don't maybe set, I know like I've said that before, I've totally said that, you know, I want to go to the Paralympics. And I think also with age, like I, I, I sit back and I kind of think about this stuff more and I'm like, you know, yeah, it'd be great. But I think the more you focus on that, at least for me, I'm realizing the more I focus on that, the harder it's going to make it for me. Mm-hmm. Like I need to just like, you just have to focus on hitting the ball each time it comes to you and breathing like that's it. And by doing that, I think you stop, you don't have all the pressure anymore. Right. Like it's just, I don't know. It's like a totally different mindset. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, but, um, it's a really, it's a hard sport, but I, I really love it. Yeah. Is there something about the, sorry to keep on with this. I'm just interested in it. Um, the, is it, I guess so when, when you were racing, there was like dual solemn and four cross. So those have kind mm. of been cut out of the, uh, mountain biking, like the, the kind of official, uh, mountain biking racing. They got now. the axe. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I guess there was a little bit more kind of like one-on-one or, you know, where you're like immediately able to compare yourself to somebody, but is that, but in downhill, um, you're, you're just racing. It's one person at a time. It's the clock. Exactly. You're, you're essentially racing against yourself until you get to the bottom. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering how, how is it different playing a sport where you have your opponent in front of you, like you're trying to beat somebody in front of you versus you're trying to just get get yourself uh, down as, as fast as possible. You know, it's, 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 I find it, oh gosh, I don't know. That's, you know, it's a good question. Um, because with downhill, right? Like as soon as you come out of the gate, you have to keep that focus Mm -hmm. for whatever, three, four minutes. But in tennis, you have to refocus every time, like not even every point, like essentially every time you hit that ball, it's coming at you a different way with a different spin and you have to figure out, okay, your opponent's over here. So I got to get it over here. There's so many things happening at one time. I don't know. Like, I feel like almost when you're on a downhill by yourself, you get in this Zen moment and you have to do that with tennis, but over and over and and over. And you could be down like, you know, 40 love or love for whatever love 40. And you have to somehow fight back and, it's such a mental mind <laughs> fuck. <laughs> it's uh but it, I don't know. It's but it's so rad when you get it. Like mm-hmm. when you get in this sort of flow and you're not even it's almost like you're not even thinking about tennis. I don't know. That's when I've noticed that I've played my best. Like I'm not even thinking about tennis almost. I'm like somewhere else and I'm just hitting the ball and it's more of a natural. You're not thinking about it, you're just doing it. Right. Yeah, I think um, it's funny. I've just 
was recently reading an, an older Malcolm Gladwell uh, book, and he was talking about that. Um, I think he was talking about a, a tennis match in the '90s when um, I think it was Navratilova lost to Steffi Graf, but she was up uh, five games to none and and just fell apart. And what he was talking about was that where where you want to be in that in that sport but in sport in general is that point where you're not thinking about the movements anymore mm-hmm. and what he called he was like choking is that it's when you start thinking about it again so it's funny that you're saying that you've like made this jump to where you don't have to think about yeah what you're and that's when you're like peak moments but you have to you, the thing is is you have to find whatever works for you to get you in that place mm-hmm. every time it's, I mean, it's one thing to do it once. It's another to be consistent and to have that confidence and to believe in the work that you've put in and all these things and not, and almost not care how you do. Mm-hmm. That's really it. Like, um, I just had my best tournament and I didn't care how I did. I, I, you know, I think, well, I, I had family stuff happening and I felt like, man, I don't even want to be here. I mean, I I didn't, (laughs) I didn't, I mean, I don't mean that to sound, but you know, like, you know, if you go through things in life, whatever, I mean, Mm -hmm. sometimes you're somewhere and you're like, oh, this is not where I want to be because my head's somewhere else. But, um, that actually allowed me to play better because, um, I just, it wasn't that I didn't care. It was just, I wasn't thinking about it. Um, and yeah, it just, I just did, I just did it. Mm -hmm. It was so, you know, you have to be able to, to find that for yourself and figure out what gets you there. Awesome. Um, so I like to finish off these interviews with a series of like quick, just quick hitting questions. So, um, starting off with, I've actually, so I've, I've rejiggered the list a little bit. So this is the, the the Uh first time you're you're the test case for, for, for one of these questions. (laughs) Um, so what's uh, what's your favorite biking movie or video? Uh, Mud Cows. Mud Cows. Yeah, yeah, you got to check it out. Glenn Jacobs, Mud Cows. Awesome. <laughs> Coffee or beer? Uh, tea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your favorite piece of gear, and can you give a one sentence review? Oh, my favorite piece of gear. Um. I think uh, probably we're talking clothing. You just just any gear, like not not your bike, but okay. like other gear that you would. Uh... Um, probably my Troy Lee sprint shorts, and just simply comfort. Um, yeah, comfort and airflow. <laughs> <laughs> Two very important words. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if you only had one place you could ride for the rest of your life, where would it be? Uh, probably BC. Awesome. Oh, BC or, or Leger. Uh, Leger, France. I don't know. That's, (laughs) that's a tough one. Tough call. But BC is a big place compared to just the... Yeah, just, I know, just the mountain (laughs) in that valley in Morzine. I don't know. It's more memories for Leger. BC is like a whole new territory. What's a tip that's helped you out in writing or in life? Don't take it so seriously. 
What's the most afraid you've been at the top of a trail? Oh, Snoqualmie, no doubt. No doubt. Um, yeah, I don't know if the, these are supposed to be one word answers so I could elaborate or not. <laughs> it's you know, it's all right if you if you want to. Uh, so it was I think I was just on specialized and it was a World Cup and I remember going down and I was just not in a good headspace and I went down this trail and I was like I am fucking scared right now and oh my god it scared the yeah so yeah I I mean I raced it but boy I certainly didn't do good (laughs) at all what's your favorite post-ride drink um probably a beer I mean yeah probably a beer hefeweizen some sort all right, I have some bad news. You're about to be sentenced to death. Oh, I need your last meal, an entree dessert and a beverage. Oh, handies. Hands down handies. It's uh, Indian food just down the street and they kill it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> chicken tikka masala, butter chicken. Yep, that'd be it for sure. <laughs> and a dessert and a drink. Oh, dessert. Um, Gosh, I'm probably just a... I don't know. Chocolate bar. I'm pretty easy. I'm not a big, super big dessert. Um, and a drink. Uh, a glass of red wine. A documentary is going to be made about your life. What genre is it and who plays you? <laughs> oh, man. Um, I don't know. I guess what documentary? Um, <laughs> who plays me? I don't know, maybe Sandra Bullock or something. I don't know. I might have to pick someone who's kind of a gringa. Part Hispanic. I don't know. <laughs> um, do you have sponsors or anyone else you'd like to thank? Uh, yeah. Um, well, I'd like to thank my partner, Elodie. Um, she's just been unbelievable. Um, and yeah, my best friend. Uh there's yeah definitely some companies i'd like to say thank you to one of those being smith uh optics those guys have just been amazing uh and just continue to to support me in in whatever capacity uh Troyly designs um stickman um troy you know all the guys there um shimano um you know whenever i need some parts those guys are great and um, yeah. Uh, and of course my mom, of course my mom, she's just always there no matter what in any, in any way. So all my family, yeah, pretty, pretty tight knit here. I and mean, that's, that's pretty much it. But those are, those are some people that have really stuck behind me and supported me and, and helped me along the way. And I really appreciate it. And if I'm, I'm sure that I'm missing a ton of people for sure. But I mean, there are just tons of people, you know, whether it's organizations or friends of mine who've done fundraisers and, you know, um, you know, Nat and Chantel have done a lot for me. Um, yeah, I probably should have written some stuff out, but you know, when you get asked that question, you're like, Oh, and then you kind of, I don't know, but there, yeah, there's just a lot of friends that, that have been there. Um, that I appreciate wholeheartedly Jen Zuner and Keller um, you know, Leah Garcia, friends of mine that have, that went to the hospital all the time and 
friends now that I have that are that I just love Danielle Baker Paris um, just great people in my life that that I love and appreciate awesome uh, finally if people want to find out more about your business or want to follow you on social media where should they go uh, you can go to Tara Giannis Industries uh, it's kind of a tough spell, but I'm sure you'll, yeah, you can figure it out. Um, It'll be in the show notes. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, so yeah, Terry Honest Industries is my website and uh, you can go there. Um, and if you have any questions, uh, there's a contact. So info at terryhonestindustries.com. And yeah, thank you very much for the interview. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to the interview with Tara Yanis. She's a really inspirational person to me, and I hope that you uh, got a little bit out of that from the, the interview as well. Uh, there's a great lineup of people coming on in the next few weeks, so I hope to catch you next week. Thanks very much. See ya.